Hey there, you're listening to the How To School for Health Coaches. I'm Julia Sarver, and I created this podcast for health coaches who know they want more. Listen, I've been where you are, excited about building something special, but not sure how to actually make it happen. That's what this podcast is all about, showing you the step-by-step process for launching and growing your thriving coaching practice. It's time to tap into your potential. Let's get into the episode. Hey there, health coaches. Welcome back to the How To School for Health Coaches. And I'm excited about today's episode because it's all about you. That's right. In today's episode, I'll be answering listener questions which have been sent in to me and my team. I really want this podcast to be helpful to you, which is why I would love to hear from you. If you have specific questions or topic ideas for this podcast, just email me. You can reach my team at hello at theconfidenthealthcoach.com. That's hello at theconfidenthealthcoach.com. And we'd truly love to hear from you. And who knows, we might use one of your ideas for one of our upcoming episodes. So I did have some people email me some questions and I want to answer them. So that's what this episode is going to do. I'll be answering real listener, real client questions. And my guess is that you will also have some of these questions. So Candace emailed me to say, I can tell you that my most frustrating situation is that my clients don't open my emails. Sometimes they call me or ask in person about the very things I email about. When I use MailChimp to send newsletters and other communications, I can see that not even 30% open the email at all. So Candace, I just wanna say you are for sure not alone here. This is an issue that lots of people bring up. My newsletters aren't getting opened. My open rates aren't very good. Um, and people just aren't listening to what I say. So. I have kind of a a nuanced response because I don't know enough about your business, Candice, to know, do you have a big email list? Are you starting out with new people? Um, So some of that will depend, some of this answer will depend on where you are in your business. But I do want to sort of walk through this question because there are multiple pieces of it. And if you're listening and you're thinking, geez, I really feel like I'm struggling with newsletters too, then be sure to keep listening because I think this is going to be helpful for you. So first of all, I want to say, you know, she's saying when I use MailChimp to send newsletters and other communications, I can see that not even 30% open the email at all. So what's considered pretty good in um, email open rates is actually 25 to 30%. That is pretty much what I get. And everyone I know in the industry who has big lists, big lists, I'm putting in quotation marks, because that can be such a varied number, but 25 to 30% open rate is actually pretty good. Now, if you only have like 100 people on your list, well, then that becomes a problem, right? Because then you only have 30 people opening your email. So this is why list building is important. You always want to be list building because that's going to pull people in because as you send newsletters to more and more people, then obviously overall, more people will get them. I will say newsletters can be extremely frustrating. There are all kinds of challenges with using newsletter services like MailChimp, and they are still the best thing to use to communicate to your broader audience 
and they are still shown to be the best tool for sales. So don't feel like you have to jump ship or you have to give up on newsletters. I want to preface anything I say with stick with your newsletter. It will pay off. So Candice, I want to make sure, you know, again, I don't know that much about your business, but I would say a 30% open rate or something close to a 30% open rate is actually pretty good. So don't feel bad about that. It's actually pretty good. Two, Candice, I want to make sure that you're list building. So if you are list building, this is something that I really um, want to give you congratulations for. And I also want to encourage you all to keep list building. If you listen to this podcast, you will know that I recently did two episodes that um, addressed list building specifically. So episode number 11 is um, the number one most creative list building idea I've ever seen. You can listen to that right wherever you're listening here, or you can go to my podcast page on my website, which is theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash podcast. So there's one list building episode. And the one right before that was um, episode 10, how to grow your email list when you don't have a list. So I want to just recommend that any of you who are struggling with newsletters, you may find that list building actually solves some of your problems. The other reason for that is, Candice, I don't know, like, are these people your ideal client? You know, I know that you're feeling really frustrated about this, but are the right people on your list? If you are sure that your list is full of the right people and you still feel like no one is opening, then I would start playing with a subject line. I would check to make sure that the subject line is something that's interesting enough that people want to open. Um, So that would be the next step I would take. I would also contact the support at MailChimp to understand Is there anything I'm doing that might be accidentally uh, decreasing what's called deliverability? So the deliverability of an email is really important because when MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or ConvertKit or whatever whatever program you're using sends an email out, that email, every email you send gets a deliverability ranking. And if there's something you're doing in the email that you might not even know you're doing, it can actually decrease the deliverability and land your email in spam more often. So one thing we were doing that we did not realize was such an issue was that we would occasionally send, like if, if to clients, for example, like if we were sending a Zoom email, we would just send the direct Zoom link and that's called a raw URL. So the system that I use, Entreport, we were trying to boost um, open rates and so they went through a couple emails with us And they said, oh, this actually, don't do this. Write instead, click here to join the Zoom and then hyperlink those words instead of sending a raw email. I mean, a raw URL. I was really surprised that that was causing such a hit to our deliverability. And I will say that we've actually seen an increase in open rates by just making that one small change. So I would definitely contact whatever provider you're using and find out, hey, can you help me with my deliverability? And they should be able to do that. I will say, you know, when you send a mass email, and I send to thousands of people, right, when I send a newsletter, just the fact that you're using something like MailChimp, or in my case, Entreport, that just means not everyone's going to get your email. Some of your messages are going to get caught in spam filters. There are certain email providers like Hotmail, for example, that really, really does not like aggregate senders like MailChimp, 
Mailer Light, Aweber, all of those. And they just really, you are going to have a very hard time just sending to anyone with Hotmail. That is just what it is, right? We need to understand that there are some problems that we might not be able to solve. Um, and I would really just encourage you all to do the best you can. Make your newsletters as deliverable as possible. Make sure that you're playing with subject lines to see what's working and actually track it. Just track it for a month and, and write your subject lines. How many people did you send it to? How many people opened it? What is that open rate percentage? And see, because you might notice a pattern. Occasionally, you know, I will send a newsletter and I'll think, oh, this is such an awesome subject line. Turns out I'm wrong. And I've been doing this for 12 years. So this is something that I still do. I still pay attention to what subject lines got opened well, what did people like? And sometimes, you know, one that I think is going to work really well doesn't. Now, Candice, one thing in your email, in your message to me, um, which I believe was an email, that I'm a little confused about because you're saying my clients don't open my emails. So if you're sending mass emails to private clients, I can, I, unless it's like a newsletter, I can understand why they wouldn't be opening. I would definitely send any private client communication just kind of one-on-one, -on -one. send that personally. Now, if you're talking about if people, if you send um, to a paid group, and they're not opening, again, those same problems can happen. If somebody hasn't, you want to ask people to whitelist your email address. Make sure they're adding you as a sender. That's going to increase um, deliverability, in particular to people who have already paid for something. Those are things that I would think about. So I hope that helps. If it doesn't, email me back. But generally, we all can know that a 30% open rate is pretty good. We all want to be doing list building all the time as much as we can. And any sort of private communications need to be, they'll have a better result sending those one-on-one. -on -one. But you can tell your private clients or your group clients, please add this email address as a sender. And that will also increase your deliverability. Okay, so hopefully that is helpful. All right, so Becky also sent an email and said that her biggest issue that she wanted to hear me answer was around social media. She really wants to know, how do I put myself out there to get clients, especially if I have image concerns and I don't like lives or pictures? So Becky, I just want to say to you, I want to give you like a virtual air hug and say it, that is not just you. I recently did a post on Instagram and into my free Facebook group where I said something like, you know, I am not, nor have I ever been a size zero. I'm not. I've never been. And to be clear, of course, there's nothing wrong with being a size zero. But there is so much pressure when we are in this space of health and wellness to feel like we are supposed to look a certain way, right? Like who... Who hasn't felt that? Like if I'm going to be doing this work, my outfit needs to be perfect. My hair needs to be perfect. My makeup needs to be perfect. My nails need to be perfect. Also, I need to be in perfect health and the perfect. And I know you can't see me, but imagine that I am doing the biggest air quotes around perfect, the perfect size. So there is a lot of pressure on us for that. So I just want to acknowledge that at first. And then second, I just want to say not everybody wants a perfect health coach. I think that actually if we put out this image of being perfect and we have no problems and of course all we ever eat is kale and maybe once a month we eat half a piece of dark chocolate, that to me doesn't feel very relatable, 
I would rather be working with somebody who actually understands what I'm going through. And I'm here to tell you, there are tons of people who would rather be working with someone who understands what they are going through. I will also be open and say, I have put on weight in the last year and a half. Since the pandemic started, my stress has gone up just like everybody else's. I'm not feeling like I'm at a weight either where I should be in front of the camera, but I am. I'm, I go live all the time. I show up. My hair isn't perfect. Like I said, sometimes my lighting's not perfect because the truth is if I didn't, I, I just can't even think about what it would say about me if I were stopping myself because of that. I, I believe so strongly that diet culture is harming all of us and beauty culture and all of this and Yes, like I like to look nice, but I can't I can't spend all morning trying to get perfect. I have other more important things to do. So I want you to Becky, I understand having image con- concerns and maybe you don't like lives and maybe you don't like pictures. So I want you to start small. Go live and if you really hate it, you can delete it. There are also some tricks that can help. So if you go live, Don't have the camera underneath you. That's not a flattering angle. Try to get the camera above you so that it's looking down a little bit. Buy a ring light or sit in front of a natural window, a natural light window. Those will make a big difference in how you're showing up visually. Um, But I also just want to say, think about who's waiting for you. There are definitely clients waiting for all of you who are listening who want to see someone who they can relate to, who they can see is a real person. For me, I love following Instagram accounts that don't use filters. I love being with people who we can go and get a cup of coffee and talk about real stuff and go way deep and have those weird, hard conversations. So I know that that's not just me. I know that actually most of us are starving right now for a little bit more authenticity and a little bit more relatability and a little bit more realness. So I'm going to encourage you to just to just do it. You know, you're asking, how do you put yourself out there? You put yourself out there by putting yourself out there. You pick a date, you commit to doing it, you tell other people you're going to do it so that you have to show up, you get yourself a ring light, they're like 30 bucks on Amazon. It's, it's totally a reasonable investment or go outside, sit in front of a natural window, do the best you can. Now that said, you know, if we're talking about actually getting clients, yes, you can do that on social media, but you could do, you know, you can do a really quick video that's something like, well, what's it like to work with a health coach? And you can talk about, I'm a health coach. Here's who I am. Here's my training. Here's what I'm really good at helping with. That would be great. That would be a great thing to do, both to get over your own fear, but also to let people know what you're doing. But in terms of getting clients, social media is not where we get clients. Can it happen? Yes. Yes, yes. You can, of course, get clients from social media, but really social media is designed to help you get to know people and to let people get to know you. And for my personal experience, I've always had much more success getting clients by reaching out to people one-on-one. So in some ways, Becky, your question actually is two questions. How do you put yourself out there to get clients? For me, that's one-on-one personal invitations. Email 10 people you know, say, I'm taking my first five clients. Here are the things that I can help people with. Do you know anyone who might be interested? 
when you guys, I actually have a podcast episode about this as well. Um, it's, I think my very first episode, episode number one, which is how to find your first 10 clients. So if that's what your challenge is, go listen to that episode. I actually walk you through it just step by step. It's super clear. So that's one. If you want to get clients, you're not necessarily going to be doing that on social. I think that if it's your first round of clients, it's better to do that with personal outreach. But the image concerns, at some point, we just have to start loving ourselves. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but one of the things that I have done, because I have major body image issues, I have worked, you know, I have two kids, I had them later in life, I did not bounce back, again, bounce back, in air quotes, But what I've done when things are hard is instead of doing that thing where you're supposed to look in the mirror and say, I love you, I had a hard time with that. So I started with, I like you. I could do that. So maybe Becky, that could be helpful for you. But the other thing I do that I just say internally, if I'm, if I'm feeling like I don't look great today, I don't really want to be on video today. I'm on video a lot, everyone. I will just take a breath before I start. And just say to myself, I'm just going to love myself through this. I'm going to love myself through this. And that has been super helpful. So hopefully, Becky, you'll find that helpful or anyone who's struggling with body image concerns. um, If you don't like going live, if you don't like pictures, if you're committed to social media, you probably will need to do those things at some point. But hopefully these ideas can help you um, lean into it a little bit more. Okay. All right. And so I have one more question because I don't want this to turn into a two hour um, listener Q&A episode, but we will be doing more of these. So again, be sure to tell me about them. Um, You can connect with me um, on social at The Confident Health Coach. I'm primarily on Instagram and Facebook. You can also email me with your questions and with your podcast episode ideas at hello at theconfidenthealthcoach.com. Okay, so one more listener Q&A is from my amazing client, Claudia. She's been a longtime client. She puts herself out there. She does the work. She has clients. I'm so proud of her. And she did send me a list of ideas, but I picked one, which was She asked me, how do I get testimonials? I asked my clients what was most valuable today, and then I use that for content and marketing, but should I be doing something differently? So this is such a great question. So the way that I get testimonials is a couple of different ways, and I'm actually thinking it might be helpful if I did a podcast episode about this, right? So um, the way that I do it is that I... um, One, I definitely ask people what was most valuable. And so then I sort of start to get uh, um, uh, generally the same thing said over and over again. So then I find a theme of what am I good at or what is helpful about this time together. Then if someone has been working with me for a a while, I might just ask them directly, hey, would you be willing to write a testimonial for me? Could you talk about like you've said this a couple of times? Could you write, you know, a couple of sentences about this idea? You could do that. In general, it's hard to get, people will say yes, but then it can be hard to get actually a testimonial back from them because they put it on their to-do list and it feels really important. And so then they try to wait for like a really good block of time to do it and then they don't ever get to it. So you may find that that happens. So what I do, Claudia, is I actually will send people a testimonial I have written. 
And I'll just email it back to them and say, hey, um, you know, I have been taking some notes about our work together and I would love to use your story as a success story if that feels okay to you. I've written, you know, I've, I've pulled together some of the things you've said as a testimonial. Would it be okay with you if I use this and please feel free to make any changes, right? So they get to decide, but it's already written. So all they have to do is write back and say, yes, this is great. And then I usually also say, could I pull your, you know, your Facebook profile or could I pull your LinkedIn um, profile picture or, or would you like me to use a different one? Um, and that is the other way that I get uh, an image. Instead of waiting for them to send things to me, it's really helpful to be proactive and um, do just have them give it to them and say, here's what I have. Is it okay if I use this? So and obviously, you're going to use things that they've actually said. You're not going to just totally make up a testimonial, but you're going to do your best to represent things they have said in the past. Um, so that's one thing I do. The other thing I try really hard to do um, in my Facebook groups for my paid clients is I try to create a culture of celebrating wins. And this is something that I think is really important for us to think about because in our culture, we don't do that. Like we really think about when you go home at the end of the day, like if you go out to work, usually we come home and we don't think about today was so awesome. I, my response to that email was so perfect. You know, we come home and we think, oh, here's the things I didn't do. My boss doesn't like me. You know, we kind of get to this point of where we think about what's not working. And so if we can create a culture of wins where we celebrate people's successes, that is really important. And you'll see on the testimonials that I use, um, sometimes you'll see a screenshot that I've grabbed out of one of my Facebook groups because we celebrate wins in my Facebook group. I believe so strongly, like, for example, in the Detox Done group, when someone comes in and says, hey, I, I bought the program and I... Um, I did what you said and I had 25 clients and I already made my money back. That needs to be celebrated. Like we need to have a, cult, a space where people can come and say, oh my gosh, this worked because their win is everyone's win. Because I also believe so strongly that if one person can do it, all of us can do it, right? Like we can also create that su success for ourselves. So Claudia I know that you have um, some Facebook groups or if you're running a detox, which I know you do sometimes, create that, that culture of celebrating. Make sure that you're making it okay for people to celebrate, if that makes sense. And then you'll find that over time, the testimonials just start pouring in because you've created a space for people to do that. And that can be really helpful. So hopefully that's helpful, Claudia, and for all of you who are trying to figure out how to get testimonials. And maybe I should do a podcast episode about that. Let me know if that's something that you would find helpful. Okay, well, I want to say thank you so much for um, listening to today's episode. I have actually so many more listener questions, but I don't, again, want it, this to run too long. So I will do another episode with listener Q&A. You can email your questions to me at hello at theconfidenthealthcoach.com. You can also reach out to me on social. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is The Confident Health Coach. And if you haven't grabbed it yet, I would love to gift you with my free guide on how to find more clients. You can grab that at theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash 21 ideas. The guide is called 21 ideas for finding health coaching clients. And it has been tremendously helpful to so many health coaches. 
with ideas that are actually easy to implement. And when you get the guide, remember, you don't actually have to do all 21 things to get clients. Just a few will get you started in the right direction. Again, that URL is theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash 21 ideas. It's totally free. It's totally helpful. And I'll also post that link in our show notes. So thanks for listening today. It was great to have these conversations with you virtually. And I will be back again next week.